Revelation chapter number 12. I want to say it's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Let me tell you a little bit about my schedule this week. Uh, early Monday we got here and went to work. And uh, because I'm impatient and I wanted it done before y'all got here today. And uh, we started early in the morning and went to late in the evening. And we had a bunch of help. I say a bunch of help. We had a few guys up here helping us. And uh, uh, Monday night I had a last, uh, the last supper with Brother Travis and Miss April. They're going to be heading out and breaking our hearts. Say amen right there. But God's got a plan. Amen. Uh, they can't be missionaries sitting here. They got to be out where God's called them to be. And I thank God for that. And uh, so we worked from early in the morning to dark. Had a supper there Monday night. Tuesday night we had our small group and worked all day. Wednesday night we had our staff meeting and uh, uh, after we worked here all day. Thursday we had a ball game in the evening after we... All right. Uh, 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 well, actually, Thursday we had two ball games. Thursday uh, after we... Uh, Friday we had another ball game after we... Uh, Saturday we got here early in the morning to cook breakfast for the gentlemen that were helping us with the stone and, and uh, had two ball games on Saturday, a wedding and a premarital counseling after we... Uh, what I'm trying to say is if you have something negative to say, save it. Uh, I left here this morning at 1 o'clock this morning uh, uh, just because I, I, I cannot leave till I know I got what I'm supposed to have. Uh, we have a we have a eight hour surgery that we've got to go to in Birmingham tomorrow. So if you have something negative to say, today's not the day to tell me. Amen, amen. But I want to thank especially uh, Brother Scott was up here, Brother Chip was up here, Brother Mitch was up here, Brother Johnny came up. Uh, help me, brother, don't let me forget anybody. It, 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 I was going to get to him. I was going to get to Brother Dole. Brother Dole stayed early and late every single day, every single day. Uh, last night, he, did, he was the last one to leave before me, and, uh, and, and I, I want y'all to give Brother Dole a hand because he went above and beyond the call of duty this week, and I appreciate all of them. I tell you, it, and Brother, uh, uh, Brother David Meherd helped us with the wiring and moving things and getting that. And I, I thank God for what he's doing. I thank God, thank God for people that will come and help and, and get it where it needs to be. Amen? Uh, I was studying this morning, and, and I want to, let, me, let me read and I'll let you sit down. Re- Revelation 12 and verse number 1. If you're there, say amen. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she being with child cried, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was called up unto God and to his throne. There's only one person in the history of mankind that that could refer to. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she hath a place prepared of God. And that they should feed her uh, there a thousand two hundred and three score days. And there was war in heaven. Say that with me. There was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels, and prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon it was cast out, the old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ. Now watch this, very key here. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before God, our God, day and night. And, and read this with me, verse 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. Read it again with me, please. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for what you're doing in this place. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. 
I'm going to save a little time by going and telling you who these people are. Uh, if you want to know the details, how we come to the conclusion, come back tonight at the 4.30 class, and we're going to go into detail about this. But the woman that we see, there was two wonders seen in this chapter. And the word wonder there is the Greek word to which we get our English word for sign. There were two signs in heaven. Uh, one was a woman who we know as the nation of Israel. This is, a, this is a representation, a symbolic picture of the nation of Israel. Jesus came through the Jewish line. Our Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ, came from the Jewish people. And we know that this woman is a picture of the nation of Israel. But then we see a, a serpent, a dragon, a red dragon. We know, and he's even named in this particular chapter, this is the devil. Uh, this is the one that bothers you every day of your life. This is the one that got us in the mess we're in today. This is our accuser. This is our adversary. This is our enemy. Uh, listen, this is the one I hate with all of my being. I hate his guts. Say amen. Listen, we have the devil in this picture, but then we see the saints. We see the brethren. We see the saints, the, the children of God, those who are redeemed, those who belong to the Lord, and we see this picture. So, so here in this, this chapter, we see Satan fighting Israel, Satan fighting Michael, the archangel. There's a struggle we read. Uh, there's a struggle in heaven between Satan and his angels, which are a third that fell with him, and Michael and his angels. There's a battle there. So Satan is struggling with the nation of Israel. Satan is struggling uh, with Michael and his angels. Uh, then we see Satan is struggling and fighting against the brethren. Do you see the common denominator? Satan. Now, I, I, I read this chapter over and over and over again. And I, I, I honestly, I'll be honest with you. This week was one of the most difficult weeks of study that I've had in a long time. And I didn't realize it till last night uh, what, what the deal was going on. And I said, well, it's just because we've been up here uh, for a long time and, 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 and had just, just busy, 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 busy. Uh, but that was not the case. Because I would still get up early in the morning in my, my normal study time and read and study. But there was like a block that was there. There was a mental block. And I, I said, Lord, why is this so difficult? Why, why, why am I having such a hard time here? Man, last week, Lord, you talked to me before, before Wednesday got here. And I don't hear nothing right now. I said, what's going on? And as I begin to study this, this chapter and read in this, and God has directed right to this, and you go back into the book of Daniel, you'll find some illuminating things when it comes to your prayer life and your prayers being hindered. The Bible says that, that Satan will do everything he can to keep your prayers from being hindered. Satan will come against you. Uh, the Bible says that the messenger came to Daniel. Daniel was fasting and praying for an answer from God. And from the moment that Daniel began to pray, God heard him and sent a message, sent an answer to his prayer. But according to the book of Daniel, there was a demonic power that was withstanding that angel that delayed him from getting the answer. Now, I'm going somewhere with this. Sometimes, sometimes the prayers that we are praying and the answers that we are looking for, there is a good reason why they're being delayed. We have an adversary. We are in a struggle. From the very beginning of mankind, from the very beginning of mankind, there has been a struggle between good and evil. There has been a struggle between right and wrong. There has been a struggle between what we know is right and what Satan wants to pull you into. There is a real struggle going on. I looked up the word struggle. I looked up the word struggle. It means this, to make strenuous or violent efforts against opposition. That would be what Satan is doing to you. But not only that, the word struggle means this, to proceed with difficulty or with great effort. Now think about that a minute. To proceed with great difficulty or great effort. What are you saying? There are people here today that are struggling. Some are struggling with prescription drugs. Some, in matter of fact, it's becoming an epidemic because it's such a money-making scheme. Listen, some are struggling with lust and pornography. Here, right in this building, some of you men are struggling with that. There are people here that are struggling with bitterness and unforgiveness. There are people here that are struggling with alcohol. Good people. Save people. Listen, there are people here that are struggling with many, many things. Struggling in our marriages. 
struggling in our ministries. It is taking great effort to get along. It's taking a great struggle just to go on another day. Listen, do y'all know what I'm talking about? Effort. Now, this is not because your spouse has lost their mind. This is not This is not because God doesn't know what he's doing when he called you to the ministry he called you to. This is not because uh, uh, everything is wrong with everybody else. You need to understand something. You have an adversary. And he is coming against you with everything he's got. And by the way, when you are involved with a people that baptized 32 people in one night... You, he's got problems with you. I heard a young preacher ask Dr. John R. Rice. He said, you always talk about Satan fighting you, Satan fighting you, Satan fighting. Why, why is Satan always fighting you? And he's never bothering me. He said, because if you jerked on his tail as much as I did, he'd bother you too. Struggle. God, why is it so hard? Men. Men, we struggle keeping our minds pure. When things are around us, Satan puts so much, so much sexual innuendo around us and pictures on TV and, and everything else and ladies not, not dressing like ladies and, 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 and things of that nature. A struggle to keep your mind right. You can't even go in a restaurant. And most restaurants, all of them have TVs up. And we was in a Mexican restaurant the other day, and, and there were some things on TV. Man, I had to really focus on my burrito. Say amen. But it's a struggle. It's a struggle. And I know there are people, there are people struggling with change. Struggling with change. Listen. I want you to understand, there's some things you need to understand about your struggle because Satan has deceived us. Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. I'll do this quickly. This is so important. This is so important that right in the middle of the the book of Revelation, God stops to give you a panoramic view of, of what Satan and his activities are so we would understand this. This struggle that we're in, number one, you need to understand who your adversary is. You say, well, that's obvious. No, it's not obvious, or we wouldn't be fighting each other. The Bible says this. The Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Ephesians 6, 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. The key words in this verse is we do not fight flesh and blood. I am not your enemy. Your spouse is not your enemy. It's Satan. He is the enemy. It is a spiritual battle that we're in. Well, you don't know what she said to me. You don't know what the devil put in her heart to say that to you. You don't know how he's acting. You don't know the influence he's been under. It may not be that you need to change and ask God to change him. It may be that you need to get on your knees and ask God to keep a hedge about him or her and say, keep the devil away from them. Could it be that the devil's so deceptive that if he gets us fighting each other, we won't be fighting him? But if we get unified in our prayers, if we get unified in our activity, if we bind together as husband and wife or people in the church of God in this ministry and say hell or high water, we're going to see God's work move on. The devil can't fight us, but if he can get involved and divide, you divide and conquer. And we're so busy trying to fix the other person. Or we're so busy attacking the other person. We're so busy defending ourselves against the other person. We forget that there is somebody that's involved in this situation that we don't even attack. It's time to start attacking the right person. It's not your wife. It's not your husband. It's Lucifer. It's the deceiver. It's the accuser of our brethren. Listen, this adversary... He's a deceptive adversary. He's slick. Why do you think he's so good at what he does? The Bible says he comes as an angel of light. He's not going to come. He's not going to come with a pitchfork and a pointy tail. 
and little horns and a red guy. He's not going to come like that. Young ladies, he's going to come as that Rico Suave. I never hated boys till I had all girls. I ain't kidding. I went to a, I went to a pageant last night, a, a beauty pageant last night. And by the way, all the temple girls were lovely. Yes, they were lovely. Every one of them. And all our girls would have won, but we had Ray Charles, Ronnie Millsap, and Stevie Wonder as judges last night. I'm just kidding. If you were a judge in here, I was just kidding. You did a wonderful job. Amen. But boy, I saw all those lovely girls. I mean, they were beautiful, every one of them. And all I could see was them beady-eyed boys in the, in, 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 in the congregation. Say amen. I said, God, I'm going to kill someone before I get out this place right here. Amen. <laughs> but see, young ladies, you don't understand. That one you think so sweet and so nice, man, that ain't nothing but Satan. Because if he tries to talk you to do something against the word of God, that's Satan. But we don't see it because he don't come with the pitchfork. He's deceptive. Yea, hath God said. He comes to Eve really. God didn't really mean it. He just knows that you're going to be as smart as he is. If you take this. He'll, he'll, he'll jump up in, 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 in the wife's ear and say, you know what, honey? Boy, if he really cared about you, he wouldn't have said that. Oh, if he really thought enough of you, and he would have ate that toast that was burnt, slammed to a crisp. I tell you what, if she loved you, she wouldn't be nagging you all the time. You know why we so quiet? Because I'm so right in your lap right now. He's deceptive. That preacher's lost his mind. Bless God, what's he think this is? A living room putting rock up in the church. Yeah, I'm going to put a fireplace right over there too. I'm kidding, I ain't going to put it. It's going to be down here. I'm kidding, come on. Man, the devil will tell us all kind of things. I mean, when you can come up with something negative, about how many people gets baptized? You got real spiritual problems. I cannot get out of my head. I cannot get out of my head, little Connor. I, I, I can't. I, I, I was in the gym a few weeks ago, and he comes up to me and says, Preacher, I believe I need to get saved. I said, you do? And I always, I'm always very, very, very careful with little people. Because I don't want a little person to, to, to just, because I, I want them to, make, I want to make sure it's right. Son, he gave me the clearest plan of salvation. I made him tell me. Where do you think he learned that? In TNT. And boy, when he walked down, honest before God, I cannot get that. When he walked down into the baptistry, his eyes, he had this faraway look in his eye. He was smiling and he was just so excited about being baptized. And you know what? The devil will try to talk you into something negative about that. He's deceptive. He's not going to come and blow this building down because we'll meet on the bare concrete. But if he can come and get in your head, he'll divide to conquer. He's deceptive. Listen, not only is he deceptive, but B, write this down. Write this down. He's very destructive he's a devouring adversary first peter 5 8 be sober be vigilant because your adversary the devil has a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may what's that word devour what does that mean that means he don't want to just nibble on you young people when you play with sin we like to play with sin because it's fun it's fun why do you think it's so tempting I don't know why y'all parents are looking at me that way. You know what I'm talking about. But see, we like to play with fire because it's fun to watch and look at. And, 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 and you know, I was an arsonist in another life. Before I was reincarnated as a preacher, I was an arsonist. I was. Because I love fire. Amen. And that's another joke, people. Amen. Loosen up a little bit. 
But they something about fire. You keep messing around with it, it's going to get you. We had a barbecue grill one time. We had a barbecue grill on the front porch of the house. We lived in the parsonage at the church, and, uh, and, and they had just, the church had just put brand new carpet. I mean, it was that, that smoky gray, silver-looking carpet. It was new for the time. I mean, it was hip at that time, but it, 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 it was there. And, and I had seen my dad. I was wanting to, to, to cook something on the grill, and we, I didn't have no matches. And, and there had been times past that I'd seen my dad. See, it's all his fault. I see my dad uh, take a napkin and roll that baby up like a stogie, you know what I mean? Roll that thing up and turn the oven on. Turn the stove on, and then when it got real red hot, touch it, and it would light it so I could go light the grill. Well, I had a brilliant idea. I went into the kitchen. I took that, that, that napkin. I rolled it up like that, and, uh, and, I, and I touched it to, the, I touched it to the, the burner there, and it caught fire. But see, what I did not realize is Dad held it up straight so it would burn slow. Well, I didn't do that. I held it down, and it come fast. And I seen it coming, so I, I, I start coming through, and, and the kitchen was here, had to go through the living room to get out the front door to get to the grill, and man, the faster I'd run, that air hit it, and it was, it was coming up that thing. And dad was sitting on the, on the couch saying, throw it down, throw it down. My life was coming before me. You know how they get, everything goes into slow motion? My mind was saying, okay, if I throw this down, I'm going to burn the carpet, and dad's going to burn every part of my body. Nope, I'm not throwing it down. And I kept on, and all the skin melted off my thumb. That's what, that's not all that I said. But see, we, we play around with it. But Satan's not in it to play. He's in it for keeps. He's in it to devour you. And that first little step. That first little line that you cross. Oh, those first little things you do and, oh, this ain't that big a deal. He's going to keep drawing you in. Drawing you in. You have an adversary. He's very deceptive. He's very destructive. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Say amen. He's a serpent. He's a liar. He's a murderer. Listen, your husband or wife is not your enemy. I am not your enemy. Your, your co-workers are not your enemy. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. It's time we put our spiritual armor on and start fighting this battle correctly. Church, say amen. I want you to see the adversary in the struggle, but then number two, quickly. I want you to see the advocate in our struggle. If I'm ever going to be in a fight, I heard, <laughs> I heard somebody wanted to talk to me. Matter of fact, this week, uh, uh, didn't like some counsel I gave, so they want to have words with me, and and that's fine. Uh, uh, but they need to understand, I've got big friends. <laughs> hey, man, Sarge. Yeah. <laughs> now, if you the one that want to talk to me in the building, Sarge, stand up a minute. Just just stand up right there. That's my friend. And he loves me. Are y'all with me? Mess with me if you want to. He'll squash you like a grape. Amen? Now, when I'm going into a fight, it helps to have somebody like that beside you. Amen? Well, see, you got somebody bigger than Sarge. The Bible says if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm talking about the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the creator of all the universe. He's standing beside me. That's why the Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We have an advocate. I looked up that word. I looked up that word advocate. It means one that defends or maintains a cause or proposal. There is somebody that's defending you. What about this advocate? Write this down quickly because we've got to hurry. Write this down. He is an advocate that abides. He abides. What does that mean? Now, there's going to be times Sarge is going to be at work, and I can't get a hold of Sarge. Keep your beeper on, amen? There's going to be times that your family, your friends, uh, uh, my brother, my brother would knock your teeth out for me. 
and probably want to. He'd enjoy that. But he's way down in South Florida. I mean, he couldn't defend me if he wanted to. There's going to be times in my life that I can't have any of y'all there to help me. There's going to be times that I'm going to have to face this adversary uh, physically all by myself. There's going to be times that you're going to face difficulty in your life that it would not matter if your family or your friends were there. There would be nothing they could say. There would be nothing they can do. But I'm telling you this. Jesus said, I will never leave thee. I will never forsake thee. I am a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. When your brother on earth can't go with you, when your sister in life can't be with you, he will be there through thick and thin. He will be there through the deepest valley. He'll be there through the tallest mountain. He is an advocate that will abide with you. I don't care how hard it gets. I don't care how hot it gets. I don't care what the devil brings your way. He will never leave you nor forsake you. I've had friends when it was thin, but when it got thick, they thinned out. Y'all know what I'm talking about. But our advocate said, I'll never, ever leave you alone. Never. That's a great thrill to me. He's an advocate that abides. Then B, it says this, Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. He's not only an advocate that abides, but he's an advocate that assists. He's going to give you the strength you need. He's going to give you the wisdom you need. He's going to give you the power you need. Nothing can come your way. Nothing. According to the word of God, the Bible says we are more, more. Did y'all hear that word? More than. And what does that mean? You're a winner, but you're an overcoming winner. In other words, it's not even going to be close. In other words, it's going to be a mercy rule. Satan can't even come close to the power of God. But you know what we do? We disregard that advocate. We go into the battle. We go into the battle and try to figure out a human way to fix this problem. I am so guilty of that. I am so guilty. When, I, when, when a bill comes or something comes our way, I'm trying to figure out how many side jobs I can do to pay for this. Instead of saying, God, I've got a need. I've got a need. Or somebody comes to me with a problem. I'm trying to figure out in my own wisdom how I can fix this situation. How I can talk them into doing right or how I can explain to them and, 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 and smooth their feathers down to the rope. And I, and I, and I, I, I. And that's very frustrating. But David went down in the valley one day as a young man. He went down in the valley and there was a big ugly giant in the bottom of it. His name was Goliath. There was no humanly possible way that David could win that fight. None whatsoever. Saul, matter of fact, he said it this way. He said, David, you are but a youth. And Goliath has been a man of war since his youth. One of the coolest things about that whole story, Kendrick, is Goliath said, give me a man to fight with me. God said, I ain't even going to waste my time. I'm going to send a boy. He asked for a man. God said, I'd do better than that. He sent a young man. But this is what he said. I read this last night and I said, wow. Boy, if we could just get this. When it comes to our struggle, whatever it is you're struggling with, whether it's drugs or alcohol or lust or pornography or addiction or, or, or unforgiveness or bitterness or just whatever it is. David said, you come to me with a sword and a spear. But the battle is the Lord's. In other words, he's saying, there's no physical way I'm going to be able to beat you. But Goliath, you need to understand something. This ain't my fight. I don't have a sword and I don't have a spear. 
I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord. And everybody in here is going to know that there's a God in Israel when God's through with you today, old boy. Say this with me. The battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. I'm trying to change my husband. Well, quit. How's it working for you? <laughs> oh. If I could just straighten my wife out. Yeah, okay. Let me know how that does. But I say, God, help me to be me and be what I'm supposed to be. And Lord, whatever, whatever, just... Son, that would change everything. I tried to figure out every which way, every which way I could finagle a way to get these rocks. I said, Lord, I, we ain't got no money. Lord, we ain't got no money. Lord, could you help me? First person I called, good friend of mine. I said, man, I seen you did that rock at your house. I said, how much was that? Was that very expensive? He said, well, how much you need? And I told him how much we needed. And, and he, said, he said, well, he said, when do you need it? I said, it depends on how much it costs. So I'm still in the mode of trying to figure out how I'm going to pay for it physically. And God's sitting up there. I said, man, I said, it depends on how much it costs. He said, how about for free? I said, how about yesterday? See, God had already had the situation under control. But I'm frustrated trying to figure out how I'm going to fix it. Am I telling the truth today? You're so frustrated with the battles you're facing and the struggles you're facing, you're just about to go under because you're doing it. When God says, take your hands off, let me do it. Let me handle him. Let me take care of her. Let me take care of this situation. The battle is the Lord's. The Lord's. Church, say amen. Thirdly, quickly. Quickly, I want you to see not only the adversary in our struggle, the advocate in our struggle, but number three, the ammunition in our struggle. The Bible says in verse number 11, and they overcame him by two things. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. There's two things that's working for you right now. Number one, a finished work. A finished work. He said they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. We are so busy, Brother Travis, trying to do it. When Jesus said it is done. There is so we just sung the song. Just sung the song. There is power, 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 wonder working, power in what? The blood. But we don't we don't act upon that. We don't live in that truth. We are still in our own intellect, in our own mentality, trying to solve our problems on our own, trying to make it, uh, listen, and fix everything that comes our way on our own. And we are staying so frustrated when the Bible says we're more than victors. We're more than conquerors. And we're living a defeated life. Jesus did not say go out and do. He said it's already done. It is finished. The blood will never lose its power. Listen, that blood pays. The Bible says we're not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold. We're redeemed with the precious blood of the Lamb. That blood not only pays, but it purges. It says, how much more shall the blood of Christ purge your conscience from dead works that ye may serve a living God? Some of you are haunted by your past. You're haunted with guilt every day because you slipped up yesterday and you feel guilty for being in here today. You feel like you can't sing a praise song unto him because of something that happened yesterday. Well, honey, I got news for you. His blood will purge your conscience so you can move forward. God did not forgive you so you could quit and give up. God forgave you so you could move forward and praise him for his wonderful mercy and forgiveness. Don't quit. Don't quit. 
Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. That's what his blood is there for. It's constantly working. It didn't just forgive you of your past. It's forgiving you in your present. And it'll forgive you in your future. It's powerful. It can do, hey man. I feel good today. Listen, it's not only this blood pays, but it purges. But it also purifies. If we confess our sin, he's faithful. And just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. One thing that makes the devil tremble, that's the blood of the lamb. That's one line he can't cross. There's a lot more preaching that than I'm going to do today, but we need to quit thanking God for Cadillacs and diamond rings and get back to thanking him for the precious blood of the lamb. We need to get back to there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. Thank God for the blood. But this is more important. It's right there beside it. It wasn't just the blood of the lamb, but the Bible said the word of their testimony. can Can I get a little... In the deeper end of the pool, just a minute. Just a minute. I don't want to get too deep because I don't want to lose nobody, but come back tonight and we're going to swim a while. Could it be this war in the stellar heavens started at the rapture? The Bible says that Satan is the prince of the power of the air. Where are we going to be going through in the rapture? That's right. Satan's going to do everything he can to withstand us. But Michael and his angels are going to come defend us. But right after the rapture takes place, right after the rapture takes place, there's going to be the judgment seat of Christ. That's for all the saved people. There's two judgments, the judgment seat of Christ for the saved, then the great white throne judgment for the lost. The judgment seat of Christ is going to be for the works that we have done on this earth. It will not be for our sin because Jesus was judged for our sin on Calvary. The only people that would be judged for their sins are those without Christ at the great white throne judgment. But watch this. Just a thought. I believe Satan's going to be there. I believe Satan's going to be at that judgment seat of Christ. Why? Because he's the accuser of the brethren. And when we stand before Jesus Christ to be judged for our works, he's going to say, I've got something to say. I've got something to say. I know what Brother Travis did. I saw him on such and such a date. He did such and such. He did this and he did that and he did this and he did that. He's going to be accusing you before Christ. And he's going to say, he's going to say because of all this he has broken the law. And because he has broken the law, he is not righteous and he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And, then, and Brother Travis is going to stand up. And Jesus is going to say, son, you got something to say? Brother Travis is going to say, I sure do. The Bible says to agree with thine adversary quickly that it may be well with thee. And he's going to say the devil was right. The devil was right on that day I did do that. On that day I did say that. That is my testimony. On this day I was guilty of that. He is correct in all that. Brother Travis, do you have anything else to say? Yes, sir, I do. On such and such a day. And a four Thunderbird sitting in the Rev's driveway. I said, Lord, I'm sorry for my sin. And I pray that you'll forgive me of my sin. And on that day, by the word of my testimony, I gave the Lord my life. And at that moment, Jesus, our advocate, is going to stand up and say, I I want to bear witness to this because I was there when it happened. And the devil's going to be so mad. The devil's going to be so angry because in his deception, he's going to try. I need to quit swimming. We're getting in deeper water. Amen. The word of your testimony. Not only the blood of the lamb. Brother Travis, not only are we going to have our names written in glory, but we're going to be able to stand and say, my testimony is this. I was saved. I trusted in Christ. Now here's the question. How many of y'all ever seen, how many of y'all ever seen that show, 
Who wants to be a millionaire? What a dumb question. One of the things that's always asked after they give an answer, y'all know, is this your, your final answer? When Satan stands to accuse you, what will be your final answer? Do you have a testimony? Like Brother Travis, can you go back to a four Thunderbird one day? I'm not saying you got to know the exact date, the exact hour, and all that garbage. But do you have a testimony? Do you have a time in your life that you can go back to that you trusted in Christ and you repented of your sins and you confessed your sin before God and you were redeemed by the blood of the Lamb? What will be your answer? What will be your answer when you stand before Him? Because it will be critical where you spend eternity. There's going to be people to say, Lord, I did this in your name and I did that in your name. I cast out devils in your name. I did good deeds in your name. But that testimony won't get it done. I'm not asking today, are you religious? I'm not asking today, are, are you a good person? I'm asking today, do you have a testimony that one day Jesus forgave you of your sin and you asked him to save you? Because that's what's going to overcome Satan. What is your final answer? I want to give you one more and we're done. I wasn't going to do it, but I just feel we, we really need to get this. What was number one? Say it with me quickly. We're running out of time. Number one, in our struggle, we see the adversary, the adversary in our struggle. Number two, we see the adversary. Number three, we see the But then I want you to see this. I want you to see the attitude in our struggle. The Bible says, and this is so critical, y'all. If you'll get this, this will help you immensely in what you're struggling with, no matter what it is, whether it's change, whether it's, whether it's addiction, uh, whether it's whatever. doesn't really matter. But, boy, if we'll get this. The Bible says, and not just the blood of the Lamb, not just the word of their testimony, but watch this. Watch their attitude. And they loved not their lives unto the death. What kind of attitude did they have? It was very unselfish. Brother Travis, you could have very easily said, Lord, we just got in this house. This is a house of our dreams. We got a house in the country, and it's really close to the preacher. And, and I really... And you telling me you want, to, you want us to sell it? And, 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 and go move amongst homeless people? By the way, I read an article about Miami fixing the ban feeding the homeless in Miami. I need to get that to you. You need to check that out. We need to fight that. But Brother Travis said, I know I'm kind of bragging on him, but it's his last day. Let's make him feel good. Amen. But they sold their house, packed everything up, saying, God, if that's what you want me to do, here we go. That's an unselfish attitude. And it's making their struggle easier. But what's happening to many of you in here is this. You're trying so hard to hold on to what you think you're entitled to. And that's making the whole struggle even worse. Many of you, the, the change that we're struggling with. Some of us are struggling with things that, that, that some changes we like. So we don't care about them, but other changes we don't. What, what, we, don't we don't like this change. Well, see, there's a little selfishness right there. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. If we were doing it just for the sake of change, I would have a problem with that. But if we're doing it to reach this city, to reach a generation that we're losing at the present time, can't we step back from what we feel like we're entitled to enough to see that somebody else needs the gospel? 
And I can sacrifice a little bit of my preference to make sure they get it. Does that make sense? You don't have any verse? Yeah, put that verse up for me, Doc, if you don't mind. Watch, watch what Jesus says right here. This may be the most important point of the whole message right here. Watch this. Do you have that verse? Let me see. Let me read it. Matthew 16, 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whosoever, watch this, this is a key. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. We are trying so hard to hold on what we want. And we're not willing to let it go to let Jesus have his way. And that's why we're having such a hard struggle. When if we would just surrender and say, God, your will be done. God, have thine own way. One of the greatest things that was ever written in, in my Bible, I won a Bible when I was a little bitty kid, and, and the missionary, uh, Brother Bob Green, wrote in my Bible the words of Jim Elliott, who was martyred. Is, what was the name of them Indians? Is it Aka Indians? I believe the Aka Indians martyred him on the mission field. He wrote in my Bible, he said, He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. There is no possible way to move forward without some kind of change. Brother Travis, you changed addresses when you went to Bible college. You changed your whole life when you married April. April said amen right there. Your life changed when you started the, 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 the shelter. Your whole life changed when you all moved out here. God done things in your life. You're going through a change now from here to there. Being obedient to God. And we, we, we fear change because it's the unknown. But you know what? God's going to bless y'all. Because overcomers don't care about their own selves. The most important thing to them, which brings us to be, is they're not only unselfish in their attitude, they're undivided in their attitude. What will help us be unselfish is to be focused on somebody else and something else. Now, now, everybody, write that down and wrap it up and look at me. Look at me. Real quickly, wrap it up, look at me. I want to see your eyeballs. I got everybody's attention. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. One of the number one causes of divorce is selfishness because when when people go into marriage when people go into marriage when they're dating it's all about the other person what can i do to woo her flowers and candy and cologne that would knock a water buffalo down And they don't have the heart to tell you to after you're married. Amen? But we do everything in the world until we get married. And then we got them. They have to like us now. I don't have to get the flowers. I don't have to. I don't have. And see, the focus changes. You're just trying to be funny. No, I'm not. I'm with y'all every week. I get appointments in my office all the time. And the biggest part of it is because we quit doing after we're married what it took to get us married. Because the focus changes. And see, when a person first gets saved, I've never, I've never had a baby Christian have problems with anything we're doing. Never. I've had immature Christians that have been saved a while, but they've never grown in, 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 in their faith like they're supposed to. But I've never had a baby Christian have a problem with anything. You know why? Because the only thing they can think about is, man, I just got out of hell. And they have an undivided focus on the Lord Jesus. Man, they're so glad they're saved, I, they just can't help it. I text Brother Timmy this week. I said, how you doing, son? Just had him on my mind. You know, too tall. 
It's the first time I've ever been head-butted in the baptistry. I don't know what that means. I said, son, how you doing? Man, everything's going great. Man, I mean, it feels like when I first got saved. Man, and I'm not exaggerating that. That was in every one of those sentences. Man, and a text that long. He said, you paint that church? I put, man, as we speak. You need any help? I said, sure. What, in 20 minutes? They piled up in the, in the parking lot. See, he, he don't, he, his focus is on, man, God, save me. He started telling me about his friends he was wanting to bring to church. You know, his focus is on others. So he has no issue because it's not about him. It's not about him. But if we come in and they're not singing my song and it's not the color I would have picked or that's not what I, your, your, your focus is wrong. It's wrong. Well, she ain't doing this and she ain't making me happy. And I, I heard this one. She don't make me happy anymore. What is she, a Labrador retriever? God didn't put her here to make you happy. Your love is about meeting the other person's need. But what happens? Our focus gets on the mirror. When, when you say, he's not making me happy anymore, or he's, she's not, your focus is on you. When true love is about giving to the other. For God so loved the world that he, he gave. He gave. I know y'all didn't come in here for marital counseling, but apparently somebody needs it. It's true. Why are you saying all this? Because if we would just get an attitude adjustment, the struggles that we are going through right now would be a lot easier if we had surrender to the one who called us. Because when we love God more than anything else in this world, I had a guy, and I'll say this and we're done. I had a guy that was trying to get me worked up this week, and he was just cutting up, playing, but he'd say something, try to, try to needle me, and, and we were talking, and he said, man, I can't get you. What? I said, son, great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Look, let's get our focus back where it's supposed to be. Let's get our focus back on him. Because I learned a long time ago, if we take care of God's business, God will take care of our business. In the struggles that we are having, the struggles that we are facing, we need to fight the right enemy. We need to utilize the advocate that we have, spend time in prayer and ask God to help us. And I promise you this, things will change for the better. Church, say amen. amen. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for those that are here today. Thank you for those that 